Friends, good morning. So as I was, uh, well, I didn't know I was going to be preaching this week originally. I'm actually on vacation right now. And so, yeah, I know, right? But when Father called me and he said, can you cover on you know, that Sunday? I said, sure, I'm happy to do that. And as I was looking at the readings, I thought, well, this is actually kind of perfect. There's a lot of stuff that I can bring in, especially with everything that's been going on over the course of the last couple of months. As we've watched the news that kind of comes out of the church in the Vatican over in Rome, we, uh, we hear all these different words that come from different bishops. Uh, there are bishops that are in the United States. There's bishops around the world. We'd like to believe that with that universal church that we all come and celebrate at, that we have a little bit more, what's the word I'm looking for? Solidarity amongst our brothers who are our bishops. But as we know, that is not true. As we know that even since the beginning, the original 12, way different in personality. It's kind of how it's supposed to be. We're all supposed to come with different perspectives. We're all supposed to come with different viewpoints and different experiences. But the attempt of that is to bring in what we call the very wholeness of the church. That's actually what Catholic means. It's not a brand, although some people like to treat it like it is. But what it means is that it's the gospel wholly approaching or able to be received by all people at all times, anywhere. Our bishops are supposed to be those individuals who, along the way, they kind of keep us on the right path. I mean, keep in mind, in early Christianity, a lot of people, what they would do is they would go off, they'd go out to the desert. They'd find a cool place. We call it camping in today's world, but what they would do is they call it living. And so what they would do is they would go out, and they would find a place where they could live, and they went away from where the rest of society was. Why did they do that? Because they didn't want to be influenced by society. They wanted to do as many saints had done before. Primarily, we would look to like John the Baptist as being that great example of someone who went away to figure out what it was that God was telling them. In those earliest times of church, people were trying to figure out, how do I do this? And so they'd move out to those caves, they'd move out to the desert, they'd find places away from everybody else. But then they realized, when I'm away from everybody else, I'm not sure how to do this faith thing. Now, you would think, well, I could listen to the bishops, but if you're living out in the middle of the desert, there's no bishop for you to talk to. There's no parish for you to gather on week by week. And so the reality is that we need what we would call spiritual directors. You would have these kind of nomadic individuals who would go forth to visit people where they were living, and they would kind of check in on faith, see what was going on. We all need those check-ins, don't we? Those recalibrations in our lives. We do it every Sunday, hopefully, if not more. Those moments where we check in with God, we go, what am I doing? What am I called to do? Am I on that right path? In today's gospel, we hear about Jesus has been with his apostles in a whole lot of people for a while. They've been doing all that God work. And we know that's tiring. It's a tough thing. They needed a break, a little vacation of sorts. But as they went away to 
a less populated place, they recognized that people were following them. People wanted to know what was going on. Now, the original intention for Jesus to get everybody away is to go to pray. And these people keep starting to come and kind of trying to unite themselves with them. Now, I don't want to kind of shy away from the fact that that intention of prayer that Jesus had was so that he could go and unite his heart with all those people who were wandering. See, we go off to pray, not so that we can say some kind of a magical spell that God's going to change things. But what we do is when we go off to pray, we're going off so that we can be changed. So that I can take whatever it is that's going around the world around me, whatever struggle it is that I'm facing, whatever stupid thing it is that I heard on the news, whatever it is that might have happened at work, maybe it's something that happened at school, wherever we may be. And we stop and reflect on it. We take those things away to pray. Now, some people like to go up to pray, and they like to go and complain about their neighbor. Now, I love the idea that you go and complain about your neighbor to God, but your neighbor, or God already knows that your neighbor is a challenging individual. He's the one that made them. He made that lovely saint maker in your life. He knows what a challenge they are. He's not asking you to come to talk to him about them. He's coming and asking us to come to talk about us in our prayer. Because, I don't know about you, have you ever tried to change someone else? You cannot change another person. We're not called to change other people. We are called to change ourselves. We want to change others. Why? Because that's the easy path. If I can change them, I do not have to change at all. But what we're called to learn is to recognize that the only person that I have any possibility of ever changing is me. And the only way that I'm capable of doing that is with my God. And that is an important fact. So how does this change come about? Because it's not just praying. we got to be directed in some way. Because otherwise, all you do is you make this big God, who's just a bigger version of you, only meaner. <laughs> and, ooh, yeah. When you thought about that, you're like, right. Yeah, my version of God is much stricter than I am. Yes. Because you are making the image of God in that point rather than allowing yourself to recognize who God actually is, who is a much better version of you. Much better than any of us. So good, in fact, that they put him to death. Because they did not understand the goodness that was in him. My friends, on this Sunday, as we come to try to figure out how am I supposed to go, where am I supposed to go? This is where we stop and we reflect and we recognize that my call is always to go where I am needed. And that may not always be the easiest place to go. As we look forth into the world and we see that there are many of our siblings, our brothers and sisters who are wandering, who are aimless, who are lost, who are struggling. The easy path is to go, well, I will go home and I will just pray for them. I will pray that they get a job. I will pray that they get money. I will pray that they have food. And that will be okay. It will be fine. But my prayers do not change anything. Except for my awareness that they are hungry. Except for my awareness that they are in pain. Except for my awareness that they need prayers. 
And so I recognize in that prayer that I have some responsibility within that, do I not? I mean, if I have some ability to address that challenge that is before me, it might be beyond my control. But what if it isn't? What if there's something that I can bring to that challenge that's bringing me trouble? That thing that is making me pause with my God. What if I could do something about that? What if I could help in some way? What if I could at least be present for something? Because I know, at least within my own life, that the dialogue that kind of goes within my mind, those words that I hear, anytime I see someone who's in need and I think I should help them, I always ask that question, am I able to? As if I've got some like of accountant in my mind who's going, well, we don't have the budget for that, sir. And I have to stop myself and say, well, it doesn't have to be money. What else could I do? Could I give them time? Do I have a couple bottles of water in my truck? Maybe I just need to show the greatest way that I love someone, which is in fact simply listening. And so my friends on this Sunday, as we go forth to embark upon a world that is incredibly populated with many challenges. This is not a pep talk. <laughs> but it's an awareness that as we go forth that it is through the prayer and love that we bring into every encounter. It is through that reflection and ability to recognize that there is something that I may be able to do. This is how we become those touch points, those ways in which other people who may not be churched, they see you and they say, I could do that too. They might have some type of curiosity about what's going on. They would say, what is going on here? May I help you? And what we recognize is that within that one recognition or that single thing that we see that needs to be done before us, when we apply love and care and compassion to that scenario, not only are we able to help, but that great movement of love comes forward. And others are called to assist in that same way. And suddenly we find ourselves bringing about the people of God. And so may we not be disheartened by the great amount of struggle that is before us, but may we look around and see the love that is present. And may we recognize that we are not alone in this journey, but rather we are surrounded by people that love us, that support us, and that are on that same journey to bring about the kingdom of God here. Amen. Yeah.